0: the daily bite i'm your host pastor steve andrews let's read from second chronicles chapter 17 jehoshaphat his son reigned in his place and strengthened himself against israel he placed forces in all the fortified cities of judah and set garrisons in the land of judah and in the cities of ephraim that asa his father had captured yahweh was with jehoshaphat because he walked in the earlier ways of his father david he did not seek the Baals but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the practices of Israel. Therefore Yahweh established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah brought tribute to Jehoshaphat and he had great riches and honor. His heart was courageous in the ways of Yahweh and furthermore he took the high places in the Asherim out of Judah. In the third year of his reign he sent his officials Ben Obadiah, Zechariah, Nethanael, and Micaiah to teach in the cities of Judah, and with them the Levites, Shemaiah, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Azahel, Shemiramoth, Jehonathan, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tobadonijah, and with these Levites the priests Elishama and Jehoram, and they taught in Judah, having the book of the law of Yahweh with them. They went about through all the cities of Judah and taught among the people. And the fear of Yahweh fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah, and they made no war against Jehoshaphat. Some of the Philistines brought Jehoshaphat presents and silver for tribute, and the Arabians also brought him seventy seven hundred rams and seventy seven hundred goats. And Jehoshaphat grew steadily greater. He built in Judah fortresses and store cities, and he had large supplies in the cities of Judah. He had soldiers, mighty men of valor, in Jerusalem. This was the muster of them by father's houses, of Judah the commanders of thousands, Adna the commander with three hundred thousand mighty men of valor, and next to him Jehohanan the commander with two hundred eighty thousand, and next to him Amasiah the son of Zikri, a volunteer for the service of Yahweh with two hundred thousand mighty men of valor. Of Benjamin, Eliada, a mighty man of valor, with two hundred thousand men armed with bow and shield, and next to him Jehozabad, with a hundred eighty thousand armed for war; these were in the service of the king. Besides those whom the king had placed in the fortified cities, throughout all Judah. This is the word of the Lord. So Jehoshaphat is going to be the next king. The what would that be sixth king? So we've had. Rehoboam, Abijah, Asa, Jehoshaphat. So he's the fourth king of the southern kingdom of Judah. Seventh, I guess, overall, when we count Saul, David, Solomon, who started. But David was the one who started in Jerusalem. So fourth king over the southern kingdom. And he strengthened himself against Israel. So as Asa had the concerns near the end of his reign... About Besha, king of Israel, and the city of Ramah that he was building, Jehoshaphat starts with that border, strengthening his position against Israel by fortifying the cities, in this case, with soldiers, by putting garrisons there, by putting troops in those places against Israel, and in the cities of Ephraim that Asa, his father, had captured, so that Ephraim would not be taken back by Israel. Then we read that Yahweh was with him. And you can guess why. Uh, It is a response to Jehoshaphat seeking Yahweh. Jehoshaphat has been living in the ways of the Lord. He's trusted in the Lord. makes you ponder a little bit about Jehoshaphat's view of his father's reign. Jehoshaphat was raised by Asa. He saw the faithfulness of his father. He saw the faithful way that his father carried out and ruled the kingdom and how the Lord responded to that king. And then he also saw the way his father's life ended and how his father turned from Yahweh, imprisoned a prophet, and so forth. So it, it should not be lost upon us that Asa at that point was already an adult that he had been trained in the way that he should go, Proverbs 22, so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. We're gonna get four chapters on Jehoshaphat. I didn't count, but that seems like more than the other kings that we see for the rest of the book of Chronicles. So Yahweh is with him because he walked in the earlier ways of his father, David. So pointing back up the family tree several generations, all the way up to David. He did not seek the Baals. Uh, Baal is a Hebrew word for Lord or Master, or specifically the Canaanite god Baal. So here the, the idea of Baals plural is a reference to the various false gods that the Israelites were chasing after. But instead he sought Yahweh, he sought the true Lord, the true master of heaven and earth. And he walked in his ways. He walked in his commandments. Not according to the practices of Israel. Jeroboam, the golden calves that he constructed in Bethel and Dan, convincing people to worship these false gods instead of Yahweh. So Yahweh established the kingdom in his hand. Yahweh strengthened his rule. Yahweh was for him. Judah brings tribute to Jehoshaphat so that he had great riches and honor. He's not described as being as wealthy as Solomon. But the Lord is rewarding him for faithful work, blessing him with much prosperity in this life. This is not a promise to us. It's something I was going to pick up on later, but just note of the way that this text is going here. Just because you're faithful to the Lord does not mean you'll get great wealth in this world. This is a promise, not a promise even, this is a reward that God is giving to the king of his nation because it builds up the nation and causes the world to look to the nation. It causes the world to look to him, to God, because they see how he cares for his people. The New Testament doesn't really work that way any longer because we're not a physical nation with an earthly king. We have a king that is Jesus, and we are a people scattered throughout the earth living day after day as strangers and exiles here in this place, knowing that our, our true home, our better country, is where Jesus is. Verse 6, his heart was courageous in the ways of Yahweh, and he took the high places in the Asherim out of Judah. Now Asa, his father, had also done that. So this would seem to indicate that in those last years of Asa's reign, when he was not as faithful to God, that some of these false worship sites, some of these false worship idols were popping up again. And so in Jehoshaphat's reign, he takes them down once more. In the third year of his reign, so that would put us around 868 BC or so, he sends teachers throughout all of Judah to teach God's word. So he sends from his own royal officials, he sends from the Levites, and he sends from the priests. People that will teach the people of God the ways of God. This is good, and this is in a sense, again, what we do with our idea of pastors today, that we, we send pastors into communities so that the community continues to have the Word of God among them. It's not, it's not that the pastor in and of himself is somehow special, but the pastor bears the Word of God. And as long as the pastor bears the Word of God, he is a man of respect amongst the people of God. If your pastor stops bearing the word of God, call him to repent. And this is what he's there for. It's what he's there to do, is to make sure word and sacrament exist among you, to teach you the ways of God. This is a gift. And Jehoshaphat has done this for his people, that they might know God's ways, and that they might seek the Lord. And when they seek the Lord, he seeks them. Well, he is found by them. He allows himself to be found by them. He cares for his people. Verse 10, And the fear of Yahweh fell upon all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah. They made no war against Jehoshaphat. So this is good, and this is a response again from Yahweh to Jehoshaphat's faithfulness. Because he trusts in God, God provides. God gives a time of peace. Now, Again, this is similar to what we were talking about with verse 5 above, but the question for the family to consider, is this what happens when we are faithful? Does God respond to our faithfulness, our trust in him, by giving us peace? This is, again, the idea of this being a holy nation set apart for God's purposes in this world, that Jehoshaphat, as its king, is being blessed by Yahweh so that the whole world will see. But that in the New Testament era, as the church, we are not a a worldly kingdom. Jesus saying in John 19 to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. We are a kingdom, the kingdom of God. But that kingdom, well, that that kingdom's throne is in paradise. And so we don't, We don't blend in with the world around us. We don't operate the way the world around us operates. And the Lord does not treat us in this manner any longer because we are not that that physical nation. So he does grant us peace, peace with himself through the blood of Jesus Christ. But oftentimes when we are faithful in this world, the world will respond to us as they responded to Jesus. The Savior has come, and the world hated him, rejected him, crucified him, and so the world continues to often do to those who cling to Christ. But again, we have a better country. He is preparing a home for us where we get to live with him forever, no matter what the outcome of our, our worldly life is here. Whether we get to live in quiet and peace, as Paul encourages us to pray for in First Timothy 2, or if... Indeed, we are persecuted, as Paul promises we will be in 2 Timothy 3. All right, so the Philistines, which is a southwestern enemy to God's people, more west for the southern kingdom of Judah, pinned between Judah and the Mediterranean Sea, and the Arabians, which would be off to the southeast past the Salt Sea, They both bring gifts to Jehoshaphat. Silver, presents, rams, goats, lots of gifts to the king. So again, the nations nations around Judah, because of Judah's faithfulness, they are seeing and honoring Yahweh. This is good. This is, in its own way, God's Old Testament evangelism, showing the nations the light, that they would be able to see the promised Messiah when he comes. And we can rejoice that there are people from every nation under heaven who have believed in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So Jehoshaphat continues to grow in his strength. He builds fortresses, he builds store cities, so cities that almost exist entirely for the purpose of storing up grain and other things, supplies, and he has large supplies in the various cities in Judah. That's an anti-siege tactic, right, to stockpile so that if the siege warfare strikes, you have plenty to survive upon while your supplies are cut off for a season. And then we learn of his troops. In addition to those he had placed in the fortified cities back in verse 2, he has 1.16 million soldiers. 780,000 in Judah, 380,000 in Benjamin, if you add these numbers together. So his, his army is larger than it has been at any point, if I'm recalling correctly, in the history of Israel. This is the largest army they have had. And it's just from the southern kingdom. So the Lord is blessing them with children that over the span of generations, a couple generations here, their army has greatly increased. Rehoboam, when he went after the northern kingdom, only had 180,000. This is six times that much. Same kingdom. But the Lord has been giving them growth. As a people, as a nation, he has cared for them. So, maybe a question to end on today, does Jehoshaphat sound like he's going to be a good king or a bad king? See what your early thoughts, impressions are of him. Again, we do get four chapters, and by chapter 20, that final declaration that he did right in the eyes of Yahweh will come. Mm